0: Chapter 20 Patrick Greer, adult child and failed tattoo artist, stood behind Fast Stop's small glass counter, fucking his own mouth with a chocolate popsicle. He was high. A tiny stereo behind him poured out advertisements for discounted car washes as he flipped through a year-old pornographic magazine. The magazine was titled Burst, and featured a man swallowing three penises at once on its bold print cover. Greer had only been working at Fast Stop for a month, but already he'd grown bored with its selection of heterosexual pornography. He'd tried the bondage books for a few days, but the pain on the model's faces seemed forced and unnatural. Greer had a knack for reading emotions. He could tell when someone was lying. He could also tell when someone was afraid. This made him relate to insects, which he thought about obsessively. Greer was a weird guy. He was also huge and hideous, and coated in month-old sweat and crumbs of food. Half his head was shaved clean from a self-administered removal of lice. His single gray t-shirt had been ripped open at the chest from where he continually scratched a bacterial infection, and his bangs and mustache clung to his face like permanent marker. He was the exact shape of an eggplant, right down to the stem of his cowlick. He slid aside the magazine and scratched himself with a grunt. Then he got up from his stool and set the popsicle down on the glass, letting a puddle of his saliva gather beneath it and hold it in place. He wiggled out from behind the counter and waddled over to a wall rack of newer magazines. He thumbed through them, hoping to find one with the plastic wrap already removed, but had no luck and sighed blinking dumbly and wiping his lips. He turned and knelt over a bargain bin piled with paperback erotica. The covers of the books were all lewd pencil drawings, and their titles were vague clichés with double meanings. Greer picked up a few and turned them in his hands. One was called Girls' Night Out, with a poorly sketched image of three girls in poodle skirts kissing and touching one another. He tossed this aside and looked at another. Trucker's Paradise was written in big green letters while a portrait of a man's ass in blue jeans dominated the small cover on both sides. He flipped it open. The pages were all just words like a normal book. Damn it, Greer said, throwing it down with the others. Fast stop had a flimsy front door that Greer left propped open during his shift. His sales area was small and piled with surplus and spill-off, stolen from the storage room at Woody's, where he used to work. The arcade was just to the right, dank and dark as a misused public restroom, and behind the glass counter was a padlocked door. Greer had no idea what was behind the door. His boss just said the place was still under construction, but Greer could tell these were lies. During his first few shifts, he'd heard terrifying noises coming from behind the door. There were screams, loud blasts, clanging chains, and even the squeal of horses. Greer shuffled across the stone floor and picked up his popsicle, pushing it back into his mouth and sucking hard. He began to hum with it held there, looking down through the glass case at a display of used anal plugs. Now his back was to the front door, so he didn't notice as Deputy Dusty Springfield stepped quickly along the side of the building with a rifle drawn up to his shoulder and his hat down over his eyes. Springfield glanced inside the shop as he passed the open door, but gave Greer and the things inside no regard. In a split second, he'd moved on unnoticed. Greer thought he heard something and turned with a squint, but there was nothing there. He walked to the front door and looked out into the trees. Then he shrugged and stepped back inside, picking up his magazine and thumbing through it. Around back, Springfield crouched low and moved quickly. He ducked beneath a set of boarded-up windows and came up on the other side. He took off his hat and eased up the wall, trying to get a look through a crack in one of the boards. There was utter darkness behind it, like miles of black water. He choked up his grip on the rifle and slid along the wall to the next window. He pressed his ear to the wood nailed across its frame. Cold air crawled onto his face like worms. The window had no glass, and he could hear a faint noise coming from inside. It sounded almost like the crackle of a campfire. He set his rifle in the dirt and ran his hands along the boards, feeling for a loose nail. Near eye level, one of the thinner planks gave a wiggle. Springfield glanced over his shoulder and looked around. Then he picked up his rifle and held it backward, pressing its butt end to the loose board. He gave it three hard whacks before it snapped in two. Springfield put his face up close to the thin hole that he'd made. There was still nothing to see, nothing to smell, nothing to hear. It was empty. He couldn't even see the hearse, though he was certain it was parked right inside. He backed away and scanned the trees a second time, crouching low and pulling down his hat. He spat and tested the sights of his rifle. After a moment of listening through the quiet, he rose and turned back to the window and started pulling at the other boards. They were more work than the first but came loose as he pried them with his knife. In a few seconds, he'd made a hole big enough to crawl through. Without pause, he kicked aside the fallen boards, strapped his rifle over his shoulder, and pulled himself up into the window. Then he swung a leg into the darkness, ducked his head, and climbed inside. He fell for some time, tumbling through the air, Then he landed on his shoulder. Fortunately the ground was soft mud and sucked him in. He rolled onto his chest and climbed to his knees. The mud began to swallow his hands, but he pulled them loose and fell back to his side, writhing to free his legs. He drug himself to a wall and pressed his back to it, drawing his pistol and looking around in the darkness. He fumbled in his pocket and pulled out his lighter striking it several times in a huff to catch his breath. The flame finally took, and the large room crawled into light with red flickering shadows and tall, distant silhouettes. It was just an empty barn room. The hearse was parked in a far corner, but the big white car came and went from Springfield's attention quickly as he noticed a much more bothersome fixture in the center of the room. There was a giant hole dug into the ground, a hole much wider than any man could dig. It looked like a magnified entrance to an anthill, and a rope ladder hung from the room's high rafters and dropped directly into it. Springfield climbed to his feet and stomped across the mud, trying his best to not lose a boot. He reached the hole and stood at its edge, peering down into an unsettling glow of red smoke that rose from its depths. The ladder descended right into this hot mist and then disappeared inside it. Uncommon heat touched his face. He holstered his gun and reached a hand for a rung, pulling the ladder to his chest and climbing onto it. He gave a final glance around, but quickly lowered his eyes and descended into the light.